Hello everybody, I'm your host, it's Daisy Lowe, and welcome to Femme. Femme, for me, is about being able to facilitate really honest conversations where that some are heartfelt, some are funny, some are painfully honest, um, and then giggles happen, obviously. Um, some are a bit darker and some will pick you back up. Um, but I am loving all of the sharing that's going on. I've read all of your messages, all of your comments. You guys are amazing. There was a couple that really made me laugh because they were exactly what I've been thinking, which is that I talk over my guests too much. And, and that is the case. This is Daisy Lowe on Femme. Today, I am so honoured to be joined on my bed by my one and only mother, Miss Pearl Lowe. Hi. Hi. You won't be talking over me because I talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, I get it from somewhere. (laughs) And and I love that every week when we record Femme on my bed, I get given a sheet that I have to follow Mm -hmm. and um, a plan of action. And I love that today it's my guest this week. Who are they and how do I know them? And when did you first meet? (laughs) Well, I I first met my mother when I was conceived inside her, I suppose. Um, And then birthed. Oh, oh no, the day I was born. 27th of January 1989 was when we first met. What was I like as a baby? You... You I were wasn't cute. cute. No, you were very cute. I thought I looked like an alien. No, you just didn't have any hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you were very cute. You had um you were quite serious actually <laughs> as a baby. Um but you were kind of you looked you had these massive eyes and button nose and very cute and everyone loved you wherever you went. And actually when you got to about two, you used to I used to take you to people's houses and you say, Can I stay the night? <laughs> You never, never ever want, it was the weirdest thing. We'd go over to someone's house and I, they'd come upstairs, they'd go, she's just, oh, Daisy's so sweet. She's just asked if she could stay the night. I was like, oh yeah. You just always used to love what, staying age at, two? Yeah. I like to sleep over. You used to just love to stay at people's houses. My earliest memories, some of them, I, I remember going to um, Portobello Road a lot with you. Yeah. You used to take me vintage shopping, I which I think them. is, yeah, I think that's where my kind of love for, vintage clothes or clothes in general comes from really I remember I found you this amazing coat which was floor length and it was um it was like sort of black pvc with a big fur collar <laughs> and you only two and I remember like grandma just going oh she looks like a german hooker in that coat <laughs> and I remember like taking you to Portobello cafe and then I was like sat there and Ellen von Onworth came up to me and said I love her coat. Where's that from? <laughs> oh my god, amazing! It's really loving. And then I was, but anyway, she, anyway, Grandma threw it away, which I was really upset. <gasps> no about. way. Yeah, she it's... denies it, but I know she did. <laughs> <laughs> I know it goes along with all my boots to boot heaven. Yeah, all your boots, and um, I put you in little DM boots and long flowery dresses and or like long kind of white lace dresses. You look so, so cool. Cute. I know. I wish that I'd managed to keep that dress sense for. I had a bit of rebellion. Oh yeah, you, you used to love these um, 
um, orange velvet trousers I that I hated so much. And I think it was your rebellion against Danny and I because... You were so cool we were, it was well, the we only way. I don't think... We, we didn't think we were cool. It wasn't that. We were just kind of rock and roll. And, and, and you used to wear these trousers every time we took you out. And she used to have this sort of like white T-shirt tucked no, in. No, I used to wear my Spice Girls T-shirt. With oh, it. yeah, tucked in. <laughs> <laughs> and can you please tell our listeners what, what you did to celebrate my first birthday? I had a rave. <laughs> Look, you've got to understand, I was really young when I you had You were 19 when you had Yeah, this. okay. And I was just kind of hadn't really, like, got that out of my system. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You were a kid. And actually, all my friends who were older than me were going out, and I was like, i got to go home, I've got, I've got the baby. And, but so it was you lovely. had a rave. But that sounds really so, yeah, fun. Was it a good night? It was such a good party. It wasn't a night, actually, it was a day. You had it a day rave? Yeah, I had a no, day rave. I didn't know that. Yeah, it? I had Sam Hambly, wherever you are in the world, DJing, um, and all my lovely friends. Oh, yeah? And it was really fun. That's good. <laughs> well, I've got to say, you are notorious for throwing the best parties. Oh, you. are. and Because you. you throw not only birthday parties that are off the hook. My 18th <laughs> birthday will go down in history as the greatest <laughs> night of my life. Um, it was in Hampshire. our house in Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, and by we, the river. I had to get bouncers because I was scared that there might be a few fatalities. And the only person who asked me why the bouncers were there and I told him was the only man to fall in the river. <laughs> we had the Dirty Pretty Things and Supergrass play. Yeah. Um, it was Hotel Babylon themed. Yeah. And you were Betty Page. I was Betty Page and my grandpa kept running around the party going, put a dress on. <laughs> you had fishnet tights and we had, you had this amazing idea that you would get this bus oh, no. and it would take everyone back to London at four in the morning or whatever. No, it was and supposed to leave at two, but it didn't leave till six. No, because it got stuck um, <laughs> down, our down our lane. And Couldn't one of the out. One of the windows got broken. Smashed by a tree. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just one of my friends caught out. pneumonia. One of your yeah, going home on the bus. Yeah, I was freaking out because I could all these like hundred kids were going. Actually, we're just going to stay here. And I was like, no, no, there's a bus. Get on I was the just, bus. Like, running around, going, get on the bus. <laughs> Which um, took them back to London Zoo. <laughs> yeah, at six in the morning. Morning. That's terrible. We are oh, no. we're laughing. No, but it isn't now funny. it wasn't. <laughs> it isn't actually. It was funny. a really good party. It was a great though. party, and um, you I had loads of my friends stroking you. I remember that. I know, I didn't really like that. No, all really, my friends were really coming sober. on to mum. Because I just they were got really sober pissed as well. and like really coming on to it. Mum kept coming over to me saying, um, I think your friend is quite drunk because he keeps stroking me. No, one <laughs> of them tried to kiss me. Oh, he was about 17. I was like, go away, please. <laughs> It was horrible. But you were, you were completely so. I was completely so, but Danny wasn't. And Danny no. was started off, he was... Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin and ended up looking like Hitler. He did. It and was he was really like, horrible. it was so horrible. <laughs> I was just like running away from him. Um, but anyway, it was, it yeah, was that a was a good night. one. You're very good at throwing them. Oh, but you know what? I'm still sober, which is quite weird. <laughs> that is good. How long have I you been sober I still love a party now? though. Um, coming up for 13 years now. Wow. Do, and did you find parties difficult at the beginning? No, because actually I never really drank. So when I was young, I used to go out because I used to drive and I grew oh, okay. up outside of London and I would go into town to the clubs and drive the car, park the car, dance all night and get in the car and go home, drive home. Oh, so it's sort of standard <laughs> practice. <laughs> so now I'm like, I can, yeah, I can stay up later than everyone else <laughs> and still have a really good time and I won't have a hangover the next morning. Oh, but then you do feel tired. 
Because the funny thing is, is actually, I thought, I, I have... I love a good tequila now and then or a glass of red wine, but I'm not a huge drinker at all. And I thought I did Glastonbury sober the year that Florence headlined because I thought I'm going to I'm going to try it because actually can't be that hard. I'm not a massive drinker. Let's just go for it. And actually the exhaustion is really the kicker. Yeah, (laughs) I was quite shocked. I was like, I thought I'd be smug. I'm still on the floor. No, I get really, really tired. But then like, I couldn't stay at Glastonbury. I tried it and then... I literally had to drive home because we live about 15 minutes away from Glastonbury. So it's really easy to go in and out. But I do. That's the only annoying thing is that I get so tired um, in the day. Like if I've stayed up all night. The next day. Yeah. It's funny because I think at about 14, 15, I started to realise how much fun you really were, actually. (laughs) So we were living in Camden and you, you always took me to amazing parties and we, you know... I, you took me to my first fashion shows. You got me involved on my first shoots. Oh, yeah. But not, but not only that. I mean, I think I genuinely started to actually enjoy just hanging out and asking your advice about music and boys and friends. And, and you, I actually, for the first time, started to see you as a human being and not just a mother. Um, which, <laughs> no, nice. because you... Well, no, no, but I think at that age, at 14, that's probably is the age that you start recognising that your parents are human. Right. Yeah, no, I think so. I think also, um, I, I think it must have been quite mad, you know, because you are quite... Um, OCD? You're OCD, <laughs> but you're also, you like things to be quite organised, don't you? And mm. I think growing up in our household, like I'm always, you know, I'd miss flights. I'm, I'm quite unorganised. And actually Danny was at that point, but now he's become, you and him are very similar. <laughs> like he, he gets us, you know... On, From A to B. And, you know, half an hour early everywhere. But... Um, but the thing is, I think for you, I think it must have been quite hard to live in our chaotic family. That's why I love cleaning. <laughs> but also the boys were mental at that time. I mean, you the had boys tiny were mental. brothers. I did have tiny brothers. But I loved them so much. And I, I, I thought it was quite a lot of fun. I think I just, my coping mechanism was probably to be rebellious and wear really unattractive clothes and tuck my vests into my knickers. And but that was then. Sort of, that and was then, then. And then you got quite cool. Then I got a bit cool, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Around sort of 15, <laughs> 16. And then we moved and that was quite painful. And, well, I and, just discovered sort of boys and going out and having fun in London. And so f- finally the city was open to me. And then my mum said, actually, no, we're leaving. We're and leaving. I went, no. No, I'm not going. So that was quite, it was quite painful because I just had a baby as well. I mean, I just, I just had Betty and we were kind of having this really idyllic life in the country, but without Daisy, which was really but hard. I was there Yeah, you were, you did, time. you did used to come It was lot. actually a lot worse, I think, in um, theory than it was in practice. As soon as you were there, I actually was so, it was so gut-wrenching for me to be apart from you guys that actually yeah. I came to... I, used to bunk off school to come yeah, home. Yeah, no, you did. I think that's partly why you left school, actually. But, um, but no, but it was good. And I think then we just became really good friends and there wasn't mm. any of that. Because I think it was very difficult because when you grow up with a mum who's quite... I mean, I am quite out there. I, I am still quite out there, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't want you any other way. No, but in, not in a... Like, uh, well... Because I'm creative, so it's kind of like, as a mother, I, I kind of make the kids be my friends, which mm. I sometimes isn't... 
isn't the perfect well, no. way to be. But do you know what I mean? It's like kind of now nah, when you're older, that's different. great. But when you're younger, it was it was really mad because I guess I you got you started being in the public eye when you were about what 20 21 when did you start powder 23 oh 23 20, i think about 25 maybe but it wasn't like it is now it was it much was softer much softer we didn't have um social you know, media kind of, yeah the internet. All, the, all these kind and there of weren't many papers there was only a couple of papers there was the only sort of glossy magazine there was no Grazia or now or new, you well, know. Well, there was Grazia when we when I left. So when I left, no, that was that was much later. But yeah. what I'm saying is, back when you started Power, oh, the only God, sort no. of glossy one was like Melody Maker and NME. Yeah, so those were the ones that apparently, you know, Danny and I were the regular feature in the gossip column in there. <laughs> but at the time when we were just when we were leaving, um, it got London. really tabloidy. Yeah, and it got kind of. It reminded me very much of you living in Primrose Hill. That's what it was like for us. And actually, mm. when we, we left at completely the right time because we've been able to have this really kind of anonymous... Private. Life. Yeah. Private life. Very much. And um, Because and so that's sort of... Sorry, I'm just trying to work it out. So that's like 10 years consistently, you sort of living in this sort of snowball effect of press going on because it started with powder right that was like the f and then you met Danny yeah and so then people had stuff to write about and then obviously living in Primrose Hill having the friends that you yeah, had going yeah, yeah. to the parties you were going to yeah people you know that their interest was peaked and it and it continued and I I guess grew up seeing images and stories about you and, and knowing that a lot of them were made up. Yeah. Knowing, you know, that they were false, that I shouldn't believe them a lot well, of the time. But a lot of them were true. I mean, we've just obviously now it's come to light that we were hacked for many, many years and we've just had Is that public knowledge then? Yeah. I think since nineteen ninety eight. And we and had all sorts oh of things God. like, you know, the whole kind of Glen Monte you know, the whole thing of like Going through our bins and blah blah blah. And going through your bins. Yeah, we had what like, was in our we bins? had all these kind of like uh, private investigators and all sorts of things. We had all these receipts from them and what? I mean they knew stuff like so. So basically, we this I'll just explain about four years ago. Danny and I were at home and we got a, a knock on the door and it was a policeman. Daddy thought he'd done something really horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, can I take you aside, sir? Are you Mr. Daniel Goffey? And then it turns out, he said, look, I'm from, the, I'm, you, we, we have reason to believe that you've been um, hacked. And he said, anyway, he gave him the number and everything. And it turns out it was my number. But for some reason, it had Danny's name to it. But then we worked out, actually, as time went on, we got a solicitor involved. And then we just found so much stuff. They sent us this file. I cannot tell you how big it was. And it was all the emails going back and forth about our life. What? Like really intrusive things that no one else knew apart from Danny and I. Like, was But I remember hacked? telling you I was pregnant. And actually, I did lose the baby. But I remember saying, who have you told? I've blamed you. Oh, yeah, you. I remember. I said, like, oh, I thought she'd told all her friends. And I was so upset. And I and you were like, I promise I didn't, and I didn't believe you. And then when I saw all Aww. these things, I know that sounds horrible. And I no, really it's bad now, but but <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, but, but I had to it. I had to tell everyone that I was pregnant, and then and then I lost the baby, which is even worse. And um, so it was really painful. God, that it was public, that. yeah. And that had actually, do you remember? It was after Betty. Yeah, yeah. And I had to sort of. So you were still being hacked then? Yeah, when you so even we were left being, London. Yeah, till wow. two thousand and eight. 
But I think they lost interest in us because there was nothing to write about. I mean, we were just literally in the country <laughs> from 2005 to 2000. They must have gone, oh my God, should we just leave them alone? They're so boring. I mean, we're, like yeah, they're talking go about and get what some dinner logs, to have. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go, and get, go and put some, another log on the fire. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I think they gave up on us. But, but, you know, but they destroyed my life. I mean, they did. No, <laughs> no they did. No, they did. They but really not only did. that. Because my honour. They did. And, and, and sort of, and I'm not in an ego centric way but your status as well because actually your friends and your circle of friends in London really and I always saw you as this and I think that's where I've inherited it from all of your friends would sort of come to you for therapy and yeah. for you to not only talk to you but for, to get advice and for you to make them laugh and then for them to borrow some of your clothes and then you'd go and do something nice and you were everyone's confidant in that Primrose Hill set in inverted commas as sort of sordid as it all sounds you know you were genuine friends mm -hmm. and you were a really good mate like yeah. you know I know from my personal experience if I take the fact that I'm your daughter out of it I know that if anything goes wrong or I'm feeling low no pun intended um, <laughs> and anyway you're the only person that I know will I can talk to and you can pick me up and that's but I saw you do that for all your friends and actually then all these stories came out. They didn't even ask you no. if you'd sold them, no. but they just assumed yeah. that you did. Mm -hmm. And then completely cut all contacts, right? Um, it's not quite like that. It, I just thought, you know, they yes, they did in a way. They tried, but then I realised actually, are they actually my friend? You know, that it actually became this thing of like, if you don't know who I am, then obviously you're not my friend and mm. therefore I don't need you. Do you know what I mean? And actually years later, you know, I've seen You've most seen of, loads them. of them. Yeah, yeah, but it's like... It, I don't hold any grudges. I'm not that sort of person no, of at all. Not. Oh no, not, that's not what but, I'm saying. But all but I'm no, no, saying is no, no. But is what I mean is, is I think it was. I think from what I understand from all the lawyers and everything that they said things like, "Oh, everyone thought because you moved to the country that you were guilty." And I said, "No, we couldn't sell our house. We could, we couldn't sell our house." And actually, it just turned out that we sold our house at that point. And we were always going to the country. It just yeah. happened that it was just looked like I was running away, but I wasn't. I'm becoming quite fond of our feature called highs and lows and it's <laughs> never been so apt because I'm actually sat here with my other low. Um, <laughs> so I think this week we're going to do our highs and lows on our relationship because I think mother-daughter relationships are the most beautiful and insane relationships on the planet. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um we definitely got highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are they? Do you want to start, Mum? I'm like, oh, God. Well, are we going to agree on them? Yeah, I'm sure Yeah, I think highs, you definitely... We're, we're quite similar. Like, we are So really we really similar. help each other massively. We're both very sensitive, and I think that's yeah. something that's a bit harder. We both... We're not very good when we're tired. No. And we're not hungry. very good when we're hungry. No. And, um, and so when either of those happen and we're together... It can combust. Yes. We've only ever had like two physical fights ever. Two? Yeah. 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 One uh, in Camden and one at, oh my God. in Somerset. Yeah. <laughs> we won't. We well, won't. Well, no, <laughs> the one in Camden was, was because, because mum was moving away and I didn't want to go. And you hated my boyfriend. You hate all my boyfriends pretty much. Uh, that no would have to be a low. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like you wait to, I keep telling this to Daisy, when she's a mum, she'll realise. I understand. It's, it's really hard because you say, you say that I don't like, I've never liked the boys' girlfriends, but actually, I think Frank, Frankie's got a really good girlfriend mm. at the moment. She's, she's lovely. Really lovely. 
Alfie, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, and actually, no, I think it's really hard as a mum because, you know, obviously, you know, you're my pride and joy and I actually want the best for you, mm. more than I've ever had, even though Danny is probably the best. He's so amazing. But, um, so it's hard, it's hard. And I can't, and I also, I'm bloody opinionated, so I can't <laughs> keep my opinions to myself. No, you really can't. I really want to, I kind of turn up and go, right, lie today, try <laughs> and lie. No, I'll just never forget one particular argument that we had about a boy, and you turned around and went, I'm just, I'm really sorry, I just, I hate that I'm so honest, I wish that I wasn't so honest. <laughs> but I just have to be because I love you too much. I was like, okay, fair enough. You're actually trying to protect me. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I, um, I can't. I mean, it is so annoying. And I wish I was. A, that's why I was a shit actress. I tried acting. <laughs> I was awful. Were Absolutely. You? I was the worst actress. I tried drama school. Honestly, it was embarrassing. You're quite a good dancer, though. No, I'm a terrible dancer. I think you're quite I'm a dyspraxic. good dancer. Dyspraxic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dyspraxic. You, you're a good dancer. Thank <laughs> God you didn't get it from me. I can tell you that. I can tell you that now. Um, um, a high, a massive high for me is that not only are you incredibly creative yourself, but you're incredibly, especially as I've gotten older, I think I used to feel um, quite intimidated by your creativity. I think I thought I was the school, the one that was good at school and I wasn't the creative one. And then as I got older, I started to do more creative things and like, allow my, myself to evolve in that way. But you... Every day you inspire me with some more of your creativity. <laughs> no, but I just feel like I, I, my creations are just, I don't know, because I just did an interview earlier and they were like, oh, you know, so you're doing kids. I was like, no, I'm not doing kids anymore. I'm doing something else. It's like, <laughs> you know, because I can't, like, my brain is just like literally whatever I think I create. And, but I haven't got this huge company. So it's not like, oh, you know, it, it, we you know can what I mean? just. It's, manufacture however many pieces yeah and it's just kind of for myself really which is just so weird you were you have always been really creative and I think it's only been in the past sort of five years you've started to get a handle on real business yeah and and actually you've really evolved and grown into an incredible businesswoman oh, thank you. but I, I no know. you're getting there you are you're totally on on the amazing path but it is a process isn't it and I wondered if you know, if it was that you had all four of your children and and I wondered if it was something to do with, you know, what happens after you actually have the babies and they're at school, then what do you do? Yeah, I think that's very much, I mean, because when I started having babies, I was still touring and I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy leaving you behind. Mm. I didn't enjoy someone else bringing you up because that is, you know, because my kids are, it's really important for me to be there and I and I used to feel really guilty and not really enjoy it and I didn't like the traveling the constant being on a bus with loads of men and not being you know for one hour on stage which I loved but that was it I didn't like the studio which was horrible I just felt <laughs> I, I just thought everything was awful so apart music from wasn't so much for you except for the performance no the only thing I liked about music was the one hour on stage and creating the record mm. sleeves and the you know, all the concepts of, the, you know, how we were going to look and what we were mm. going to wear. And you did you have know. great videos and great visuals. Well, that's always, you know, kind of the, the CDs. That was what I was into. It was like, you know, kind of making all that. And then I realized, actually, I'm doing the wrong thing here. You know, like this <laughs> is my... some design. So designing, I fell into when when I got sober, actually. I just literally started designing some lace curtains and for, for our house in Camden. Mm. And then they became a massive business. And, 
And then from there, it became dresses. And then I worked for peacocks. And then well, peacocks, I have to say, those the dresses that you did for them, how many? You did three years. I did three years. And I did four collections a year. Yeah, maybe four or five. Yeah, something like right. that. I still get messages <laughs> from people going, please, please tell me you know where to get the peacocks dresses from. I mean, they are so, they're sold, they were sold from peacocks. The price range was somewhere between 19.99 and 40, 45, 99 was the most expensive, was the most expensive <laughs> and, which is amazing when you think about it. And they go on eBay for like double, triple, yeah. quadruple the price. I know. I have so many people still saying, you know, can you do another range? But they went into administration, you see, and they, it was horrible it ended really badly because they owed me quite a lot of money but and then I just got I just didn't know if I ever wanted to do that again but um and then you started designing kids clothes yeah so I've done kids I'm obviously in Harrods yeah in Um, Harrods Harrods and online online and I'm just about to go somewhere else but I can't talk about it yet um and um but no that's all exciting and very exciting and then I've got obviously my new um adult wear again dresses but they're not unfortunately peacock prices because i am not a huge company and i can't go to china and um, it is hard i think because i remember us talking about the price point of your dresses and you saying god i wish that i'm trying to make them as affordable yeah, as humanly possible I but am. i i can't not pay the dressmaker and i can't not pay and for the, the fabrics fabric. and so i've tried to reduce the fabric prices how much are the well they range from 150 to 300 but, but that's like a, a good yeah. mid-range and if you save up and if you want to get them for christmas I, I mean i have to say whenever i wear your dresses everyone comments every like people stop me in the street oh, and it's not i mean you. and no I'm, I'm i'm i don't mean it as a compliment i'm just saying it as a fact and i mean to me and i love your dresses so much but I put them on and I'm, they don't have much hanger appeal. As soon as no. you put them on your body, yeah. you just sort of bring them to life. Well, I always say that I make dresses for women who have women. boobs and bums, you know, because the thing is, is that I can't go to the high street and buy a dress because I look ridiculous in them. I, I literally, and I had so many women write to me and I still do just saying that they're just the most flattering. They can wear them because I, what I wanted to achieve was just to make them look vintage so that you, they're not seasonal. So you don't have to go, Oh, that's, such and such from you know 2017 I've got to sell it you know because it's really unfashionable I wanted them to be like a vintage piece that you can bring out all the time and wear them and Mm. never have to get rid of them you know and And you've kept beautiful and you've kept them to basics colors they're black white and red I've done black navy red and white a cream so I'm doing this kind of affordable wedding dresses for next year oh cool which are going to be in all the styles oh well maybe oh but then long no some of them have trains no they're just literally you're not doing any long ones I could. What do you do long doing them at the moment? Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but I've got some other ideas. You copied slew. your wedding dress, didn't I you? I did. I copied Mom, my. Mum yeah. got married in black. I got married in black, which I was a great thing. But I was supposed to marry. I was supposed to be in lace, and I decided right at the last minute to do crepe back satin, which I regret to this day. Really? Yeah. Well, I thought you looked amazing. <laughs> I really? just. I re- thank you, but I really think. That dress would have been amazing in lace, but you black can't have lace. any regrets, can you? Black, black lace? Yeah. Oh, so it's still going to be black? Oh, it's still going to be black, because okay. obviously, <laughs> I just felt like Danny and I had been together for 14 years, and I just thought it really four weird if I went down the aisle in white. I just thought, <laughs> that's just odd. Fair enough. We were supposed to get married in 2000, no, in 1997 in St. Lucia, and I bought a white crocheted Dolce Gabbana dress. Oh yeah, I remember. But what I hadn't realised was I wasn't divorced. (laughs) (laughs) So the wedding never happened. (laughs) But our parents went, 
anyway, that was good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> and we stayed here. So what would be your advice to other women who have daughters that you've learned from us? I naturally am quite controlling, but <laughs> I, I'm admitting it. I'm admitting it. No, but it's the um, first step. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I always say to other mums is you know you especially if you've got strong-willed daughters like myself <laughs> um, that you mm-hmm. really do have to just let them be because at the end of the day you know I I don't want to push you or your sister Betty away and so I do mm. honestly have to bite my tongue a lot of the time. <laughs> Sorry. And even though, you know, I want to live your life, like not live your life, I want to guide you. Mm. But when I know, I get the feeling sometimes that you don't want me to. So, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what? I'm always so happy to. And, and welcome your advice entirely. But I think, again, having a really strong mother, and you are, you're an Aries woman, you yeah, are fiery, strong. feisty, <laughs> strong, with no patience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, uh, what I really wanted to make was to actually create a life that would make you proud. So part of it is like wanting, really wanting to achieve and going, well, no, I can do it. But, but then actually, mum, what do I do? (laughs) And, and then sometimes, yeah, of course it's frustrating because sometimes I want to be able to sort of make you proud without needing your guidance. But then I also think, I've learned something that therapy taught me, which I didn't really understand before seeing an actual mental health professional, was that what I had done my whole life was try and prove to you that I was really strong. And actually two years ago or three years ago was the first time my therapist said, actually, how can you expect your mum to hold these parts of you that are really weak if you're not being honest about those weak parts of you? And in the past two years, our relationship has changed so much just because I realised I don't have to pretend to be perfect and I don't have to pretend to be really strong and I don't have to pretend to be all things to all men. I can turn around and go, mum, I'm really tired or like, you know, that boy really hurt my feelings or that girl really, you know, was really mean to me and what do I do? And and actually admitting that I'm not all powerful like like I want to be in your eyes I actually then get exactly what I need from you which is it's so such a shame well actually no everything happens in its right time doesn't it But but I think you're right I think sometimes it needs somebody outside to explain that to you to say you know kind of looking in saying you know actually because you know, you can't assume that somebody knows how knows, you feel. No, totally. And I think I always assumed that you did. Yeah, which, which of is, course, I'm not a mind reader, but... and I was quite psychic. No. I am. No, I get hunches and things like that, but I never know completely. And sometimes, mm. like, you know, it's so difficult when you have lots of children as well because there's so many different needs from each child. Mm. And so you, you're trying to be there for, and not only be there for the kids, but I want to, you know, I've got to be there for Danny. Yeah, you've got to be a wife. A wife and, and a daughter. And a, and a, and a working and work. woman. But you're right about the fact that um, I think for mothers out there who have children and especially And want young to have children, a business as well. Well, I, I tell you, I, I couldn't do it until 
Betty, Betty had was gone in to school, school yeah. and she'd gone to school for quite a long time because actually Betty, out of all of you, is the most demanding. Um, <laughs> of and anyone who knows Betty <laughs> will understand. <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, she's a real fireball. That one. She's a firecracker. That one. Firework. <laughs> all the fireworks. All the fires. <laughs> um, and you know, so she demands a lot of attention, and I think that's quite hard because when you've got one child that demands a lot of attention, mm. sometimes the other children don't get enough of you because but we're all older yeah yeah which is great because can you imagine <laughs> like, <laughs> if we were um, all can you imagine i mean i've i've met so many women who have like four children under five oh and you're like wow my hat comes yeah, off me too. to you me too and did you ever feel like you were defined by your motherhood or like is there a point now where you can go no i'm not just a mother i'm i'm me um i've not been one of those people that kind of I'm quite proud to be a mum and I'm quite proud of like all my children and I, I I actually um it's funny I don't know if it's moving to the country I definitely have let go of my ego there it's, it's mm. really strange I just I don't really care what people think I don't care it's <laughs> great it's, you don't care if you're wearing no makeup in a parka <laughs> Around London, it's fine. <laughs> Don't tell everyone. I and glasses. Um, I love you in your glasses. You look so <laughs> sweet and. Gorgeous no, in your glasses. Thank you, but I don't think so. Um, but anyway, but no, I just hey. I think living in the country has really changed me. I think that's you know, and and I actually really, um, I just feel really happy. I think in the first time in my life, I feel very. Um, secure and, and I've got like you know really happy with all my children and I'm really happy with my work but I don't feel like I need to go kind of get gratification from anywhere else no that's not and that's lovely and perfect and uh, actually I, I wanted to talk to you about law of attraction because that oh, was yeah. a big that big, was a big, big turning point for, turning me. Point for you right? yeah absolutely I got given that book um, a, a book called uh, Excuse Me Your Life Is Waiting oh, by yeah. Lynn Grabthorpe. I love that. And that book I, I got given it as a birthday brilliant. present in 2001. And what at, a title. In 2002 maybe actually. Um, yeah. And at the time I was a bit, you know, I'd, I'd sort of had an argument with Alan McGee who was my record label at the time and told him to stick his album somewhere and um <laughs> and left the company and I was supposed to be bringing out this kind of, you know, solo project and anyway to cut long story short I was uh doing up our house in Camden and I couldn't find some curtains and that's when I uh dyed these lace curtains and they became a business but the funniest thing was she talks about you know you have to get excited about something and that's what kind of brings in the money and that's what kind of gives you all the you know peace and love or whatever it is uh anyway and all I could get excited about were these bloody lace curtains um and and so that's kind of how it started and and when I started doing research on this woman it turns out that she had got it from another lady called Esther Hicks who had very powerful oh, woman in Texas and then you know it just become this thing and this way of life really and the law of attraction it's sort of like what you think you create and it's all about having focus on the things that you want not the things you don't want and also just knowing that, you know, we create everything in our life, good and bad. So everything we have in our life, we've created. Because Nobody it's a vibrational else. match. Yeah, so that's why in it's a way... It's universal law, right? That's the whole thing about it. And it's what you yeah. put out, you get back. And, yeah. And I, I think it, something that I struggled with law of attraction was that I have a tendency to sometimes get a bit down and or go into full 
scale depression. And, uh, but, <laughs> but that's probably because you're looking at the past. So th- sh- they talk up a lot about if depression is when you look at the past and... Um, or compare yourself. I mean, I think that was a big yeah, thing. Comparing was comparing is, is, yeah, comparing myself to other people. Yeah, but... Or seeing what, what you want and thinking about it in lack. Yeah, so, so it's always like there's always a choice. So I always thought that I had m- mental health issues and but actually it was just that I was negatively thinking. So I was always sort of... And, and actually... As I've gone on, because I've I've been doing this work for so long now, and as I've gone on, I've realised actually I've just been focusing at the wrong things. Like I've I've been like kind of, and I've been really ungrateful for the things that I have. Really? Well, but you're. Uh, no. But now I think. You're no, not now. Not no, now. no, no, no. Now I realise that actually we've got to be grateful for everything we have in our life because. Mm. I'm you know, all up for that. Yeah, so it's sort of like, you know, every single day, like writing a gratitude list and saying, actually, because we often kind of go, I want that and I haven't got it and I haven't got that. And I have, and we look outside of ourselves and we see people and we think, oh, I want what they've got. But actually, if we look at our lives, there's so much to be grateful mm. for. And, I, and if we can just sit here and just go, wow, you know, I'm like, I've got a roof over my head. I've got really nice food. I've got, you know, then we'd be really happy. I, I just think I was looking a lot outside of myself. And, um, and like yesterday I was watching this incredible sunset from my house. Cause I live, I, I've got like rolling hills everywhere. And, um, and it was, this tree was yellow and the sunset was orange. I've never seen anything like it. And I just had, was like, my God, this is what life's about. It's so beautiful. But often we get so lost in what's wrong. We haven't got enough money. We haven't got, you know, do you know what I mean? Like this person hasn't invited me somewhere. Basic ne- I mean, <clears throat> not so much being <laughs> not invited to a place. No, no, but... but like a roof using- over your head and money is it's important. But you're right. I think as soon as you shift your um, awareness to a space of... The positive, so go, right, well, I've got amazing parents and amazing, you know, friends, yeah. or this is really great. I'm really excited for this. The kind of, the moral of this tale is actually that um, we should just put out positive energy into the world and then you get it back. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, or just always remember that actually if you looked into your life, no matter how hard it might be, A, you can change it, but B, I bet you'll find loads of things that are working. And mm. so if you can just look at those things... Then they just, multiply. Yeah. And, yeah. and living your life... Because I used to live my life with a half-empty cup, but now I live it with a half-full cup. Nice. I, I think for me, I always loved listening to you muse about these things. <laughs> and um, I always agreed with you to a point, but I think... I oh, know, you used to get I, quite angry. I did, you. because <laughs> I'm just getting there. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, can't get in a word. You used to shout at me I did used to shout at you because I think, for me, I needed to figure out some core things and I needed to see a professional and I needed to sort of understand cognitively what was going on. However, what I'm a huge advocate for is, is, you know, understanding your own mental health, taking care of your own mental health, and from that space being able to feel good so that you then create more. Yeah. I don't think that I was in a position, I think I would have been faking it. Yeah. And I don't think faking it is very good for law of attraction. No, it's not. And and do you know what? I haven't got the brain because you know we talk about being sensitive and sometimes when you're sensitive you're like a sponge and you sponge off all sorts of energies mm. and 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 I do get knocked off my perch quite a lot of the time but um oh, oh no I do but the, but I do have to read something or listen to something every single day and I have to write my gratitude list and I have to do all these things so I've learned I've got tools that mm. help me 
along the way. You and Mel C both have toolkits. I have Love a tool. It. I have many. My tools. mom's like sporty spice. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's probably as far as it goes. I should imagine. <laughs> both singers. Both singers. Well, yeah, no, not anymore. Um, but yeah, no, mum. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but I do think that you know, as long as you learn, you know, because you know, I'm getting old, and you You're know, not getting well, no, old. but you know, I've le- it's taken Sorry. me these many years to get here. <laughs> I didn't think I ever would. I thought, you know, I mean. You, know. you are really happy though. I've got to say you're the happiest I've ever known you to be. And it's such a joy because actually it's infectious. And when you're happy, all of us are really happy. Well, that's not that, not that I think, God, when you're sad, it makes all of us plummet. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But when, when you're, I think all of us are actually in quite a good space, all kind of creating magic things and all kind yeah. of hanging. We have such a laugh together, don't well, we? Well, that's it. Because there is like the six of us. And it's kind of mm. like we go, now I realise that actually I crave for us to be alone because when we when you were younger we used to always have loads of people go on holiday with loads of people and now I just want the six of us I don't want mm. anyone else I just want our us holiday to be... was amazing this summer we got to go away just the six of us actually that and mum loves Morocco and the first yeah. time we went to Marrakesh we went along thinking oh um we uh, might go do a bit of shopping but um hadn't planned on buying anything definitely <laughs> hadn't planned on buying any rugs we came home with how many lanterns Oh, they were all smashed. And how many rugs? 11? 14. 14, I think it was. 14 rugs. 14 I, rugs. We didn't even want one <laughs> on the way there. Not one. Oh, you still and the got bartering. All of them. Danny was like, you're bartering over 25p. <laughs> Stop it. And mum's going, it's the principle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. But I've literally, I've been to Morocco four times this year. What? Yeah, I've been four times. Oh God, I do love it there. I'm, I just no wonder she's happy. No, but I just <laughs> well, that's it. I think you've got to do the things, the things that, make that make you happy. happy. Totally. And I think you've got to follow your joy. That's exactly follow your joy. Yeah. High five to that. Oh, mum, <laughs> you've been. You're the best. Well. Oh, I don't really want to say bye to my mum. But, mum, <laughs> you can come back if you can ever I? want to come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, it's really, that. it's actually just feels like we're hanging out in my kitchen anyway, well, or no, my I'm, bedroom. I'm really. really loving this new bedroom. It's good. Mm. It's, uh, we're sort of squatting still, but we're squatting. it's going to get better. It's getting better. Every time I come, Every time you come, there's something done. else a bit more done. Um, but thank I want to say, oh, me. I want to say <laughs> thank you for having, for being here. Thank you for being here, mum. Um, it's been lovely talking pleasure. to you. Absolute pleasure. I've loved every minute of it. Thank oh, good. You. Yay. Um, and so everyone, that's my mum. And you can find <laughs> her and her things on pearllow.co.uk. That's right. That's right. And yeah. um, and there's lots of exciting things that she won't tell us no, um, until, as soon as we're allowed to tell, can I tell my listeners? You can, but it won't be for a few months. Okay, right, well, that's fine. We're planning on, <laughs> we're planning on femme forever. Um, and, um, and I also want to say a massive thank you to, again, to the wonderful Joseph Rubin for our wonderful music. Um, I'm also really into the woman who says, welcome to femme. Um, she's, great, <laughs> she's great, so thanks. I don't know her name, but thank you. Um, I also would love for all of you listeners to to share this with any of your friends if you like it. Please subscribe because I'd love for you to get the notifications to know that we're all going live. Um, and yeah, share the love. Spread it out. Comment. Tell your friends, your grandma, your mum, your whole fat, all your mates, your dog. Get everyone to listen to it. Um, everyone. Everyone, please. Because um, I'm having so much fun doing this that um, I would love to get the word out. Um, thank you so much. Um, we love you and your earbuds. And big love. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Big love. Big Follow love. the joy. <laughs> Follow your joy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
You've been listening to Femme.